A lot of businesses taking a hit because of coronavirus. One that's not is the medical mask uh, business. They are selling out of these things. And in China, I don't know if you saw the pictures. We were talking about this on Friday, Chris and I, that dogs are wearing masks in China. Why? I guess because one tested positive for COVID-19. And now the worry is your pet could get the infection. Uh, the virus, rather. We're going to talk with uh, Dr. Scott Weiss, who's Chief of Infection Control at U- University of Guelph's Ontario Vet College. Welcome to the show. Are you with me, doctor? Hello? Hello? Are you there? Hello? Hi, how are you, Dr. Weiss? <laughs> okay, how are you? Thanks. Uh, I'm good. It's uh, just uh, playing around with the board here, trying to get you up on this. But let's uh, let's talk about this. Should we be worried about coronavirus and the chance of our uh, pets catching it? No, we shouldn't be worried. It's something we want to pay attention to. Um, there's always the potential of things moving between animals and people. But in particular in Canada, we're worried about this in humans. Uh, we want to pay attention to the possibility that a person might infect their animal and that that animal might infect someone else. But right now, it's something that we just need to look out for but not be worried about. Now, there, the theory is is that uh, the coronavirus probably originated in animals, not sure which one yet. So does it make sense that pets would be susceptible to it? Well, we don't really know. It originated in bats, it seems, then maybe it moved into another mammal before it went into people. And the question right now, is this a human virus or a predominantly human virus? The main spread is person to person, but we just don't know the range of animals it, it can infect. And if we look to SARS, which is a closely related virus, we know that there are a few animal species that could be infected such as cats. And if we look at this one, we know there's a dog that seems to be infected. So even though it's mainly human, we want to find out what animals it might infect to see if there might be a role of them in transmitting it back to people. Yeah. How would dogs contract the coronavirus just by their proximity to humans? Yeah, just like human-to-human contact. If someone's infected, they're coughing, they're sneezing, they're spreading droplets of the virus, and they get it on their hands. And if you think how you interact with a dog in particular, they spend a lot of time with their nose exploring things or licking. So it's a fairly easy thing you can see for a dog to get exposed. Now, how often do they get infected? That's a question we don't really know right now. Right. So I I have heard that dogs are considered transient hosts. Could you just uh, let us know what a transient host is and if uh, if a transient host has the power to pass on illnesses? Well, we don't really know what they are. There are a couple things that could happen. A dog could just get its hair coat contaminated, so they just act like a doorknob, basically. So someone's Mm -hmm. infected, and they contaminate the coat. That virus can live for a few days, potentially, and the next person that touches it and touches their nose, that's a potential source. And then there's the infection side. So a dog breathes in or licks or gets exposed to the virus, and that virus lives in the dog. Um, What we don't know is how often that happens and how much virus is there. So a dog could be infected but not be infectious. If we look at our flu, so a dog can get human flu. It's pretty rare, but we can infect our dogs with flu. But we typically consider them what we call a dead-end host, so they don't pass it on any further. So it's relevant to the dog, but they don't spread it any further. So that's what we need to start with this virus is do they get infected and then they're just the end of it, they don't do anything, or are they able to produce enough virus to infect someone later on? Do the uh, pets, when they get our flu, for example, do they exhibit symptoms? They can. Dogs, cats, and ferrets can get human flu. It's pretty uncommon. Um, But when pandemic flu emerged a few years ago, people were paying attention to pets. 
And there were a small number of cases that were identified. It probably happens more often than we think, and the dog gets really mild disease, doesn't cause any problems, and we don't pay attention to it. So they can get sick, or they probably sometimes will get infected but won't show any signs of disease, and that virus just disappears after a few days. If they had symptoms, would they be coughing like we do? I mean, I've seen my dog cough before. Yeah, it's similar. So if we have influenza, we don't know about this virus because the dog that's infected in China is is healthy. But with influenza, if a dog gets human influenza, they can just get flu-like disease. Occasionally, they can get serious disease like we see with people. But most of the time, an upper respiratory infection is the same in a dog or a person. It's cough and fever and just not feeling great. I'm sure you've seen the pictures of the dogs in China wearing these uh, face masks. They look a little bit like uh, putting a Dixie cup on your dog's face. How crazy is that? Well, it makes people feel better. It doesn't really help the dog all that much, and it probably could hurt the dog. Dogs cool off by panting, by breathing, so a mask certainly doesn't help with that. But in general, the, the masks, and if you look at people wearing surgical masks, those are designed to prevent, you know, in doubt, they're, they're designed to prevent things getting aerosolized from that individual. If I had a, something I was trying to protect the dog from getting exposed, you know, covering its mouth but having its eyes wide open there um, doesn't help a lot because eyes are as good a source for picking up a virus. So if the dog was infected, maybe a mask might help prevent it from coughing things out. But in terms of just generally wearing a mask to prevent exposure, it's not going to do much. All right. Well, a lot of people are having to self-isolate after returning, you know, from different places Uh, Would you recommend that they keep their pet with them as well, or should they have the pet, um, you know, taken away? Well, there are two approaches. One is if we don't expose the animal, we don't need to worry about it. So if someone has been asked to self-isolate and they've not been with their animal since the period when they might have been exposed, you know, having someone else take that animal just takes the animal question away completely, and that makes it easy. If they've been exposed to their animal already and they're being asked to self-isolate, the best thing is to keep that animal with them. Keep it inside. Don't let it encounter other animals, other people, in case they contaminate its hair coat or in case it gets truly infected. So we want to keep people away from animals as much as we can. But if they've already exposed them, let's just keep those animals isolated with the person uh, in case they do get exposed or infected. What other illnesses can animals pass to people? Well, there's a wide range of them, and it happens fairly commonly, and most of the time it's fairly innocuous. But there are things we can get bacteria. Campylobacter is an example that there have been outbreaks associated with puppies. Um, rabies is, is a very high-profile one that can be spread to most mammals. Ringworm, there are a whole range of bacteria and viruses and fungi that can move between animals and people, and most of the time it doesn't cause a lot of problems. But it can cause enough disease. It's the reason we pay attention to it. All right. One of the things you should be aware of, is it is it uh, in order to not catch anything like this, would you recommend that people stop encouraging their dogs to kiss them on the face? Well, anytime we have close contact, you know, the closer the contact, the more risk of things moving back and forth. You know, looking, I just don't like when a dog does it to me. It's not something I let my dog do. I'm not going to get concerned if my dog looks, you know, at my kids that are older. What we get worried about is when there's more contact with high-risk people. So babies, elderly individuals, people with open wounds, people that have poor immune systems. Certainly we can see infections uh, from licks from there. So, you know, if someone, it's cost benefit. If someone really likes that interaction with their dog and they're an otherwise healthy person, go for it. That's your own thing. But as you increase your risk of disease, then that gets, you know, the cost benefit starts tipping the other way. So I think people just need to be aware. How valuable is it? How much risk is it? I'm going to use you. 
uh, to settle a score with my husband, if you don't mind, Dr. Weiss. Go for and it. that is, uh, and I'm sure other people have this question as well, because there's, you know, if you've got a question, odds are somebody else is wondering this as well. If my husband has a cut and the dog starts to lick it, I'm like, don't let him do that. He's like, no, no, it's good. It, their, their saliva is antibacterial. What do you say to that? Yeah, I'm with you on that. So, uh, you know, would you lick your wounds? Probably not, right? And the dog's got various things. Like every dog, just like every person, is carrying a lot of things that can cause disease. And it doesn't happen most of the time because we have an immune system and we have skin. But when you start to break down some of those barriers, it just doesn't make sense to me to deposit extra bacteria on a site where an infection can happen. So washing it's good, dog licking it, not so good. So what's the takeaway from this story about this dog testing positive for coronavirus? Is it a a wait-and-see situation? Well, the takeaway really, I think, is this is what we've been saying, right? We Anytime something new emerges, we want to pay attention to the whole range of issues and make sure there's not a problem. This is probably just a human-human thing right now. But in Canada, when we're really trying to contain this virus still, we want to make sure that we're looking at all the possible sources, and that could be animals. If it gets in the community and it's being spread rampantly human-to-human, animals are probably playing little to no role. But we want to make sure it doesn't sneak out if an animal that gets exposed Someone exposes their cat, the cat goes outside, encounters other people, and encounters stray cats. So it's just a reminder of why we pay attention to this one health concept. Another reason to keep your your cat inside. That's, you know, just me because I don't want it pooping in my garden. I appreciate your your, uh, time, Dr. Weiss. Thanks so much. Thanks. Have a good day. Cheers. Dr. Scott Weiss is Chief of Infection Control at University of Guelph's Veterinary College.